Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's Steven Spector. Check out the Pray for the Push podcast, a podcast focused on sports gambling with the intent to win you money, but with the hopes of just breaking even. It's up on the 435 Podcast Network, and download each episode now on the Radio.com app. Welcome in to the Force of Pump podcast. I'm Steven Serta, as always, joined by Dusty Likens. Oh my god, that music's playing. I feel like it's an old man loud. in the apartment below, like, turn it down! It wasn't very loud in my headphones. Uh, feel yeah, good. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry we didn't get you a waiver episode this week. Yeah, we were forced to punt on Monday. Yeah, the weather was pretty <laughs> bad. It was cold. Uh, People Dust- were driving like idiots. Dusty lives far away, and I just wanted to go home after work because it was gross and it sucked outside. Far away for like the circumstances. It's like a 25-minute drive, but it would have been like 50 and not worth it, and I would have yeah. ended up like in road rage. And yeah, I don't want to do that to you. I don't even have to take a highway to get home. It's must, awesome. Must be nice. Yeah, I get to take 435 to and from wonderful. every day. Shout out Lee Summit. It is. It's the way to go. It's the first time in a long time I don't have to take a highway to get to work. It's fantastic. You ever get traffic though? Like, no. I mean, I get up early enough. Yeah, but when you leave that, yeah, yeah. I, if I leave here at five p.m., yeah, I hit traffic, but it's still not that bad because I'm not like on the highway. Yeah. Um. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't really know what to say other than that. I mean, just it is what it is. Like I'm not moving from Lee Summit, so, and uh, we got to move to the waiver wire. Uh, yeah, so we do want to run through some waivers really quick. Uh, you know, some waivers go through on Wednesday, some of them don't go through till Thursday mornings. Uh, so we will put this out, uh, this afternoon. So if you have not picked anybody up on waivers yet, or if you're still kind of trying to decide between a few guys, there's, there's some guys out there this week that can seriously help your fantasy team probably moving forward. Nick Foles is coming back. BDM. Um, so... I'm excited about Nick Foles. I, I know Gardner Minshew. Like I, I liked what we saw from Gardner Minshew. He was fun, but he's also and there's still like promise there with Gardner Minshew. I think he's. I think he is far more talented than people thought he was going to be. And but he just obviously showed some inconsistencies. But he's a rookie quarterback, and he's a rookie quarterback who had no business starting in the situation that he found himself in. But he was very serviceable. I do think that Nick Foles is better. Mm-hmm. And I think that Nick Foles, with the emergence of DJ Chark, like people are freaking out because D.D. Westbrook was Nick Foles' guy in the preseason. But I remember that one touchdown pass that Nick Foles has thrown this season against the Chiefs was to D.J. Chark. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Like, you know, D.J. Chark hasn't had these massive yardage totals, but he's just been really consistent because he's been getting just a ton of volume in that offense as their number one wide receiver, and he's got the touchdowns obviously help a lot. I think we're going to, we, we've we got an opportunity here to see his yardage totals really jump because Nick Foles is not afraid to sling it downfield. Like you, 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 It's not like you were seeing Gardner Minshew you know, stand in the pocket and huck it 50 yards down the field. Like That's just not what he was doing. 
No. And, and, like, DJ Chark's touchdowns, like, most of them came within the red zone, or I think he did have one where he might have broken off a, a run. But Nick Foles will actually stretch the field a little bit, and DJ Chark's fast enough, and he's big enough to go up and get the football. So I think that DJ Chark's value actually goes up a little bit with Nick Foles, and some people are worried about that. I, I'm not worried about it at all. No, I think that if there's anything, I think Chark's value should go extremely high up because you have Nick Foles, like you've already said, and I don't need to go any further on it, but he's a slinger, man. Like He's going to... He, he's going to have games where he might throw four touchdowns and one interception. He's going to have games where he might throw three touchdowns and three interceptions. But either way, receivers are going to get a lot of targets in that offense. I'm kind of nervous to see what happens to Leonard Fournette, though. Uh, I mean, he's he's going to be fine, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't Leonard Fournette's still getting like 98% of the touches as far as running backs go in that offense. And so I, I don't think that Nick Foles is all of a sudden going to be Come in and they're just going to start passing it fifty times a game. Like I, ain't, Leonard Fournette, I think I think this helps the entire offense getting Nick Foles back and hopefully Leonard Fournette actually scores some touchdowns. Mm. I've only got Leonard Fournette in one league and I'm my team's terrible in that league anyway, so it doesn't really matter. The people that you wish for to get more touchdowns end up getting hurt. Like I don't know if you noticed or not. Like you were so like mad at like George Kittle because all of his scores get turned back and now That's he's not, not playing. True, it might be. He I was think banged up before that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think you're, uh, I think so the is stamp- this because uh, is, is of Chris Herndon? That's there, Chris too. Chris Herndon just got put on IR. Chris Herndon was just a massive disappointment this OJ year. Howard. You liked him a lot. I didn't like him yeah. a lot, actually. The I hated OJ Howard. The stamp of approval is rubbing off. That's not true. That might be I true. I have never been on the OJ <laughs> Howard hype train. I liked him a lot last year. Headed into this year, I was like, eh, I could take him or leave him. And then he's been awful, although he did have an okay game last Where's year. Where's Scary Terry been since you put him up high? Uh, his starting quarterback's another rookie, Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> yeah. and his his play caller now is Bill Callahan, who wants to run the ball forty times a game. No, but you said Chris Herndon. He's finally we could put him to bed, right? Like, yes, he got put on IR yesterday. He's is there, done. Is there any tight ends left like that are worth? Um, Luke Stocker. They just announced today <laughs> that uh, Austin Hooper, the number one scoring tight God. end in fantasy football. Has an MCL sprain and is probably going to miss a month. So he's done for the fantasy season. So that sucks. That's a huge blow. And, you know, yeah, Kittle's dealing with injuries right now. Evan Ingram's hurt. Like, fantasy tight end landscape is an absolute wasteland. These guys are dropping left and right. Like, you're just screwed. Like, you're essentially just picking somebody up and saying, just go get me three points. Yeah. Just go get me two catches for 30 yards. That's all I need. Yeah, that's, I mean, I got lucky because somebody dropped Gerald Everett in our league because yes. he had a bye. So, like, he might finish being a top five tight end yeah, and it's fa- that just bad. because of injury. Yeah. It's that bad. And that's why Darren Fells is a incredibly valuable player oh, here we right go. now. So is Kyle Darren Rudolph. Fells has been fantastic. Yeah, he is. As much yeah. as I hate Kyle Rudolph, he is. He's getting involved. I can't. Right. I can't keep brushing him off. No, not anymore. No, uh, he's had back-to-back good games. I can't just keep throwing him under the bus like he sucks because he's finally starting to produce, and it's just so gross at the position. Like Gerald Everett, yeah, he's a guy that headed into the bye. Uh, you know, they got Brandon Cooks back for a second. Yeah, and when Brandon Cooks is involved in the offense, they're not utilizing uh, Gerald Everett at all. Right, but. A lot of people dropped him over the bye, and then he had a good week last week. So he's a guy that's available. I just picked him up in a league this morning, actually, because I because I have a bunch of injuries at the position. And I lost Chris Herndon, who I was banking mm. on kind of being my late-season flyer at tight end. 
and that obviously didn't work out because he just got put on IR with a with a rib injury. Yeah, the ribs. So, He's a guy that Chris Herndon, I mean, if you got him in Dynasty, obviously hang on to him because he's only going to be headed into his third season next year. Yeah. Showed enough promises, a rookie with a young quarterback, and they confirmed today that Adam Gase isn't going anywhere. That's the worst thing that franchise can do. But you just hope that in the second year of this offense and with this coaching staff that maybe Chris Herndon can show some of those flashes he showed as a rookie. But I, in a dynasty league, you likely have an IR spot, so you can just slide him on IR and forget about him the rest of the season. Yeah, and like kind of to hit on the Gerald Everett thing, for those of you wondering like what his volume would be, I did read like an article on ESPN's fantasy uh, football app that they had a uh, they, they lost their center last week in that game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was causing Jared Goff to throw the ball even worse than he already does, but also to throw the ball in a quick fashion. And one of those guys that he's going to look for in that type of scenario is going to be Gerald Everett. So the volume and the targets are going to be there. It's just a matter of what he does with them. Like last week he had 14 points something and a full point PPR because he had six for eight, six receptions for 80 yards. Like Again, what he just said, you don't need a tight end like Travis Kelsey on your roster every week. You just need a tight end that's going to go out there and get you like eight points because you just can't have goose eggs in that Man. position, which is such a tough position to get right. Man, eight's a lot. Yeah, like oh, you just want somebody that'll this guy. <laughs> you want somebody with a ceiling of fifty yards, like that's what you need at tight end right now. Which is just depressing. Uh, but you know, Jacob Hollister for the Seattle Seahawks, he had another good game. Yeah, he's headed into a bye, so he's not going to be able to help you this week. But he's obviously a part of the offense now. Like he, this is back to back good games. Now they did work in uh, Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, late, late in that game, he had two big catches, one in four in the fourth quarter and one in overtime. Uh, but that was really the only time he was involved in the offense at all. Uh, Tyler Lockett did get hurt, but they said today they're expecting him to be fine uh, post Seattle's bye week. So expect him to be healthy. Josh Gordon, you like to see him getting involved. We'll kind of see what happens moving forward with him. So that could hurt Jacob Hollister's value a little bit. But again, it's so gross that if he's available, I would go pick him up. Um, Mike Jasicki was a popular ad last week. He was absolutely awful. I mean, I'm not optimistic about any Miami Dolphins player, but he did still get targets. He is still involved in the passing game. Yeah. And Fitzmagic is refusing to tank. <laughs> so I guess if he's still available, he's a guy that is at least getting looks, and that's basically all you can ask for right now. Uh, Luke Stocker. Might be in play at tight end uh, because Atlanta just lost Austin Hooper and he's been a massive part of their offense. I mean, obviously, Calvin Ridley. If your if your teams and trade deadlines are starting to pop up all around fantasy right now, yeah. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, most leagues have their trade deadlines. Calvin Ridley might be a guy down the stretch that you want to go out and target right now because Austin Hooper has been a massive, massive part of their offense. Like he's been more involved in the offense than Calvin Ridley really has. It's been him and Julio Jones have been the Atlanta Falcons offense, and Ridley's been up and down, but I, I can't imagine that they're going to force-feed Luke Stocker what Austin Hooper was getting. Like Calvin Ridley's got to get more involved in the offense moving forward. So he might be a guy, I, I don't know his schedule the rest of the season, but he could be a wide receiver that I'd seriously look at and that you might be able to get for a reasonable cost. And he just has a great name. Like that just doesn't seem like a guy that would be like a tight end type name. But I mean, I'm with you on uh, Hollister out of Seattle. I mean, it's clear that Russell Wilson likes his tight end, so the target share is going to be there for tight ends. 
Um, it looks like Josh Gordon doesn't really know like a whole lot of the playbook, but there's a few plays because they used him in like big situations. Didn't they? I yeah, pretty, like post post Seattle buy, I would expect him to have picked up a yeah. little bit more of the playbook. Um, but Hollis, I mean Russell Wilson, nobody knew who Will Disley was to start the year, and Will Disley, I, I did. You got to speak outside the like the bias, like. You're a nerd. Like, you do this stuff all day, every day. Will Disley showed flashes and potential in the past. He had just had injury problems, which popped up again. Yeah, well. But, yeah, like I said, Russell uses his tight ends. He targets tight ends because he's always on rollouts, and that's where tight ends just love those, like, drag those drag routes, those boot rass routes, whatever they are. And, uh, I mean, I kind of like Jacob Hollister. He just wasn't available in a lot of leagues that I was in. But, uh, yeah, just a hit on that as well. Uh, number one running back that people are going to be trying to claim this week, Brian Hill, as Devontae Freeman also got hurt. Mm-hmm. They just placed Edo Smith on IR last week. Freeman going to be out a while. I, it's possible that Freeman could be out like through the rest of the fantasy season, uh, potentially. And Brian Hill, uh, I actually like Brian Hill, and he's somebody that I'm heavily targeting in my leagues where waiver wires haven't gone through, the leagues where waiver wires have gone through, I haven't gotten Brian Hill in anything. I would expect not to get him in any league, in any league where I'm not like top five in the waiver order. Uh, but if he is available, I would absolutely go at him because I think he's actually got a chance to be more productive than Devontae Freeman. Like he he shows a little bit more burst and a little bit more pop than Devontae Freeman. Like Devontae Freeman just looks like he is washed. He, he just looks like he has no explosion left in him at all, like the injuries have just taken the toll. So Brian Hill's actually kind of exciting to me. He's a little bit intriguing for for such a late-season ad. I think that he might have potential to actually do something because Atlanta's running backs haven't produced at all this season. No, that whole team hasn't really produced at all this season. Julio Jones has kind of done all right, I guess. Man, Austin uh, Hooper was great, and now he's done. I, but, I they've mean, produced. They just haven't. Uh, they've been disappointing. Okay. Yeah, you could say they're disappointing. I don't think you can say they haven't produced. I mean, Devontae Freeman was what, a, a high end second round pick? Maybe a low, middle second round pick? I mean, I hope not. I would have taken I wouldn't have taken him before the fourth. I don't remember where his average draft position was uh prior to the season starting. But I I mean he was looked at as a workhorse caliber guy and he's at least been the number one running back in that offense, which you, know, you just want to acquire as many of those guys as possible and hope right. that some of them turn into, you know, fantasy superstars. But Correct. Doesn't always work out that way. Brian Hill guy, I'm I'm seriously targeting. Uh JD McKissick. Ty Johnson left last week's game with a concussion. He's hurt. They've you know, they're they're just a rotating, uh just disgusting mesh of running backs in Detroit. Uh I'm not going after JD McKissick super hard, but he does have a favorable matchup as a pass catching back this week. So he could be somebody if you're if you're really in a jam or in a yeah. pinch and you got to add somebody. What's, and also, what's going on in Indianapolis with their running backs? Is that just because Brissett's out? Because I feel like even before Brissett went out, like like I don't know who I should start now between um, like guys like I don't know. Like I just I feel like Nick, what is it Hines? Yeah. Like what's hit? Like oh, what he, do you mean? Like Marlon like, Max? Marlon Max still getting plenty. Of no, touches. I get that, but I mean, I feel like. I feel like Hines has some value, and he's on a lot of waiver wires, and I feel like he's a guy that, like, for some reason, huh. every week, like, I don't know if you have a dot, like, so let's say you have a dominant RB1, and you have a Dalvin Cook, or you have a Christian McCaffrey who scores points enough to where if you split it in half, it would be a night, it'd be enough to have, like, two running backs on your squad. 
I feel like a guy like Nakeem Hines is a guy that can fit a role on a squad. If he's available, you have a guy on a bye like a Chris Carson this week, and you just need somebody to plug in like 8 to 10 points. I think Hines is kind of available in a lot of leagues where I feel like he could possibly be a small fill-in role. I mean, I know you are way more advanced in this than I am. I mean, I feel like I have enough of, of knowledge on this, but I feel like Hines has somewhat got like some sort of value wow. and like a buy heavy buy, back-to-back bye weeks. I don't. Well, he can be rostered. He's not a. Uh, he's not a guy I'm actively seeking, though. Like I'm going to just put him in my flex. He's got. He's had the same role in their offense all season long, right? And, and has not changed whatsoever. He gets virtually no carries. He is their passing back, right? And Marlon Mack's role has diminished in that regard. But Marlon Mack's still averaging. Like yeah. eighteen touches a game, but that's right. Like he's because... still he's still getting all the all the running work. Like Hines hasn't had more than his biggest game this season. He had forty six receiving yards. He had a good week last week. He had uh, four catches for thirty yards and three rushes for fourteen yards. Which I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know, like where Indianapolis is going to be going, like moving forward. I don't know how healthy Brissett is. I think he practiced well, limited today. They they are. They said today they expect him to be ready to go. This right, week. which can kind of hurt him. But if he's a pass catching back and Indianapolis's schedule that gets a little bit tougher as the season goes on, I just feel like there is enough a um, little bit of value with Hines. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there is. Okay, like he he had seven targets this week, and that was his highest target total of the season. But that was with Brian Hoyer, exactly. and Brian Hoyer obviously just went and lost to the Miami Dolphins. Like Brian Hoyer is just not very good. Like I, I think that Jacoby Brissett's much better, and they're getting they're hoping to have T. Y. Hilton back soon. Like T. Y. Hilton coming back is going to take away some of those little dump offs to Naheem Hines. Like I, I just don't think that. There's going to be value in you going out and picking him up and hoping that his role is going to change in the offense when he's literally had the exact same role all season. Right. I'm. I'm just. I. I don't know. I just. I think there's a little bit of value there as well as. I. I don't mean. I saw somewhere that they were talking about Devin Funches. His name came back up well, again in Indianapolis. So yeah. Well, with Funches, that's that's a little bit. That's more interesting than Hines. Right. Uh, because they did just activate Funches off of IR. Um, he's cleared to start practicing again. He could be coming back and he could step into a role there. Like, but that again doesn't hurt the value of the top guys. Like Marlon Mack's still gonna get his carries every game. I know he hasn't been uh he hasn't been wildly productive lately, but he's still like putting together solid games of like, you know, 70, 80 yards and stuff like that. Like he he's been a a super solid running back to flex type of player. And Funches, while he does, Funches is a little intriguing because I think that Funches is more talented uh, than Zach Pascal. Oh, God. Who was brutal last week with Brian Hoyer as the quarterback. But Pascal's role is obviously better with Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback. Like T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal, I think that those guys, like obviously T.Y. is the number one. Zach Pascal, I think he's done enough to earn his spot in that offense. I don't think Devin Funches is going to come back and just all of a sudden jump in as the number two wide receiver. So. Funches, while interesting, he's not somebody that I that I'm willing to roster right now. Uh, but guys that you do want to probably roster this week, Darius Slayton, obviously coming off the monster game. Uh, he's on bye. So if he's available, I go ahead and add him because I think he is going to have a role in that offense moving forward. We were just talking about Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard might be done forever. Yeah, it's kind of like brutal. people are talking about Sterling Shepard's career potentially being over because of all of these concussions. Like his concussion symptoms, like they are. They took him out of concussion protocol last week, and then put him back in it because he had concussion symptoms kind of resurface. And so, like 
that that's scary stuff when you think you're good to go and then you wake up one day and you're starting to get some of those symptoms back. Yeah. That's pretty scary stuff. And he's had a bunch of concussions over his career. Oh, God, yeah. He's had two this season. Like, it would just be, in my mind, I would think that it would have to just be, okay, at the very least, we're putting you on IR and you're not going to play again the rest of the season. Yeah, and not only that, but, I mean, if you look at it with Daniel Jones, rookie quarterback, it's pretty cliche to say it, though, but once a rookie quarterback gets a connection, a la uh, Minshew and DJ Shark, like, once you get that connection and you know it's there, like, you're going to continuously give that type of connection some more love. And, like, I I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but, I mean, I looked at last week's matchup with Slayton with them versus the Jets, and I kind of had a feeling that he was going to get a ton of target shares. Golden Tate does kind of scare me, but look at it this way when you're playing against when you're using a guy like Derek or um, uh, uh, Darius Slayton, is the fact that like Golden Tate is going to take a lot of people's number one corners if they shadow or not. But the thing about it is, is that Slayton's still going to get a lot of targets. Daniel Jones clearly likes Slayton, and a lot of times Slayton's going to line up on the right side of the field, which is where Daniel Jones is going to look a lot being a rookie quarterback. That's just my personal opinion. I love Slayton the rest of the year. Their their schedule gets extremely soft towards the playoff runs of weeks 13 through 16. Green Bay's in there. Washington's in there. I think uh, there's another soft uh, schedule in there. I think maybe Atlanta might be in there. I'm not sure. 100% I'm not looking. But, yeah, I, I, I love Slayton. And even though he's on a bye, just keep him on your roster. Don't drop him. Yeah, I, I think he needs to be rostered because I mean, Evan Ingram was out in that game, too. That's why he was a popular play last week. And he obviously paid off. He was he was awesome. Um, and Ingram might be I out the rest of the year too because it's a foot injury, and you don't want to ruin well, that guy's career for the future. So they might just be like, "Hey, man, we have no future the rest of this season. Well, just get back to being good." I mean, they they haven't given any indication. No, that, I'm just that I'm that's being skeptical. The case with Ingram. Yeah, yeah, I'm just being um, with feet with foot injuries. It's weird. Uh, Demarius Thomas is another guy. Also, Jamison Crowder. Like Jamison Crowder is still available in a lot of leagues. Which is um, if Jamison if Jamison Crowder is out there. Go at him and drop Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's been absolutely awful against one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. He's not involved in the offense at all. There's no reason to roster him. Right. Jameson Crowder has actually been consistent, and he's getting all of the targets from Sam Darnold right now. But Demarius Thomas has been getting more involved. So while I don't, I'm not excited about Demarius Thomas. If you're desperate, there is at least upside there. Like I would much rather have Demarius Thomas than Robbie Anderson at this point because at mm. least Demarius Thomas is getting looks. Robbie Anderson's not even getting targets. He's got like three catches over the last three games. Like he's been absolutely. And I feel like partially off. part of that is because Sam Darnold just doesn't like to throw the ball deep, and that's Robbie Anderson's specialty is to just go break open the zone defense. And yeah, Darnold's clearly not doing that. It's been absolutely awful. Um, but another game that I want. So Thursday night. Ugh. Got a uh, an okay game, I guess. No, it's not. It's just because your and, Cleveland Browns are playing. Uh, it's Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. Obviously, uh, the Browns, pretty big disappointment. But they do have a couple of guys that are probably available in a lot of your leagues and are certainly rosterable. Uh, Deontay Johnson, rookie wide receiver, has built up a pretty good connection with Mason Rudolph. He's been He's had some productive weeks. I started him in a pinch a few weeks ago, and he got a touchdown. Yeah. And it was fine. Uh, but he's certainly inconsistent, but that entire passing game's inconsistent. Like, James Washington this past week in a tough matchup uh, did wind up with 90 yards and a touchdown, um, and he, it was a season-high seven targets for him. So I don't think you can bank on either one of those guys giving you weekly production, but they are guys that when the matchup dictates it, you can go at them and definitely stream them in a pinch. I don't know that I'm willing to do that this week because the Browns' pass defense – it should be a lot better than it is. Yeah, it ain't bad. It hasn't been great, 
but they they're still certainly talented and, and it's still a tough matchup. Uh so Deontay Johnson, I think if I was gonna pick one or the other, I think I would pick up Deontay Johnson if he's available still. Yeah. Uh because he's just been a little bit more consistently involved in the offense than James Washington. So I would and and Pittsburgh, like the Steelers just seem to not like James Washington very much. And they seem to really like Deontay Johnson and everything that I've read says that he's the more well-rounded player already and James Washington's in his second year and Deontay Johnson's in his rookie year. So I, I would rather have Deontay Johnson moving forward because he's going to be outside of Juju Smith-Schuster. They're actively trying to get him involved in the offense, whereas James Washington feels more of a a product of circumstance rather than them actually trying to get him the ball. It just kind of played out that way this week. Um Plus, they get Connor back, I think, this week as well. Yes, and James Connor will be back. So I, I still think even with James Connor, I think that Jalen Samuels has yeah got, has done enough in the offense to dictate that he at least gets some touches. I don't think that James Connor is just going to completely take away everything. And he's been so banged up; he's been dealing with so many different injuries. Like they're saying, he's healthy this week, but I think that they're still going to try to ease him back in. I would imagine a little bit, although. They are they are vying for a potential postseason spot now, which is so so it might just be sword. we we, we got to get as many wins as possible. Um, but on the Brown side, I don't think you can start. You know, you're you're certainly not starting Baker Mayfield anymore, as I mentioned last week. Although I am starting him in a dynasty league this week. Wait, because what? I don't you have, just told people you can't. I don't start have him? a choice. Oh, you, you can't go get you can't go get Kyle standard, Allen in any standard league. No, it's a dynasty. Oh, league. dynasty. We've got forty man rosters. Yeah, 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 that's right. I've got. Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson on a bye, and Baker Mayfield's the only quarterback I have. Somebody has Fitzpatrick rostered. Yes. Wow. Like the only the only guy the only pe- person that that might be worth picking up is that cat from Cincinnati, and I refuse to do it. Oh yeah, because he ruined Andy Dalton's is. birthday. Yes. I mean that's not why I don't want to pick him up. But yeah, Texas I, just got Vernon Hargraves. By the way, some breaking news from yeah, Adam Schefter. Cornerback help. I'll do anything they can, unlike the Chiefs. We'll get to, to that game uh, a little bit later. Win. But uh, what a game that's going to be! But some somebody that I wanted to focus on ahead of this game, and it's former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. Uh, made a season debut with the Browns, and it was it was encouraging. Yeah, what? Um, he was. It was actually. I think we nailed it. So, it was actually super encouraging from Freddie Kitchens too to see how they utilized him in the offense. I don't know if that was a Freddie install. Or if that was his staff, yeah. uh, I would tend to think that it was his staff, not him. Yeah, I'll take the latter. Because Freddie has not done anything to make me think that he is a competent play caller or head coach. Uh, but Kareem Hunt ended up playing 38 of 70 offensive snaps. Yep. He had 11 touches. Now, Nick Chubb got all the carries. Like Nick Chubb still had 20 carries and still had a highly productive game. But Kareem Hunt was second on the team in receptions behind Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Um. So... The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is very good. Very good. Minka Fitzpatrick literally in the running for defensive player of the year. He's in been five he's games. been he's <laughs> been that fantastic since coming over from the Miami Dolphins right. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been an absolute game changer for them and, mm-hmm. and has lifted their entire defense. They're one of the best fantasy football defenses in the league right now. Hell, Mike Tomlin might be getting himself coach of the year yeah. nominations too. But so it's a tough matchup for the Browns. But Kareem Hunt they were 
literally utilizing him just as a wide receiver most of the time. Like they 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 ran a bunch of two back sets with him and Chubb on the field. They would they would split Kareem Hunt out to the slot and they split him out wide multiple times too. He ran a route on fifty two percent of Baker Mayfield's dropbacks. So half the times Baker Mayfield was dropping back for a pass, Kareem Hunt was in the game running a route as a potential pass catcher. They're trying to utilize him as a as a slot wide receiver essentially, as opposed to just a running back because of his catching ability. And so there's going to be a lot of upside there, especially in PPR formats, especially if it's pretty apparent now that Odell Beckham's just not going to get involved in the offense. Yeah, it's over. Like, if the matchup is tough, Odell's just not, like, and this is a tough matchup for Odell. Like, Joe Hayden, I think, I don't think Joe Hayden practiced today, but if Joe Hayden goes in this game, then I don't like Odell's prospects at all. And even if he doesn't, you know who's going to target him. It's the guy that you had mentioned before that that possibly could be the defensive player of the year and Mike and Mika Fitzpatrick. Like he's going to be on the field, basically the quarterback of the secondary to be cliche, I guess. But like, yeah, I think it's I think we're done with OBJ this year. Unfortunately, I mean he's one of the best yeah. receivers in the game. But I mean there's just there's literally more value for that position that isn't OBJ that there is that is Odell Beckham. And I think I'm with you. And like I said, we nailed it with Kareem Hunt. I think you or I both kind of said like this this past week that he was going to get somewhere between like 40 to 50% of the offensive snaps, which if you do the math, uh, 38 and 70 is like 54%. And he had a typical first game back. But I'm like you. I don't need to keep beating the same horse when it comes to like what we're saying here. But Kareem Hunt is, yeah, the volume's there. The target's there. You saw how he's going to be in week one. That's or the first week back. That's an indication. I think it's all there when it comes to his volume when it comes to full point or even half point PPR, like the targets are just going to be there. Jarvis Landry is just out targeting Odell Beckham now. Jarvis Landry had a damn good game last week. He's put together multiple good games in a row. Like Jarvis Landry is a wide receiver to own for the Cleveland Browns right now, not Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, I, I don't have the Browns schedule pulled up in front of me right now. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Yeah. Okay. So we've got. Pittsburgh, Miami, favorable matchup. Then Pittsburgh again. Brutal. And then Cincinnati, favorable. Arizona, favorable. Baltimore, super tough matchup. And that that's your fantasy championship right there, unless you go into week 17, then he's got Cincinnati again. So like it, it's it's kind of split down the middle. A couple favorable matchups, a couple of not favorable matchups for Odell Beckham. So it's not like he needs to be in your in your starting lineup every single week anymore. And that that sucks. Uh, because he's such an incredible player, but that's just the truth right now. And it, it, it's hard to stomach, especially if you drafted him high like I did in multiple leagues. I, I he's just he's been on my bench in in one of my leagues for three weeks now. And I, and I've won three games in a row without him in my starting lineup because I'm putting I'm playing matchups and I'm just going after guys that I think can help me more than he can. And so far it's been super effective. But I think that you know, obviously Nick Chubb's in your starting lineup in this game. Even mm. Pittsburgh's run defense has been fantastic all year. I really like Kareem Hunt in this game. Yeah, I, I really think Kareem Hunt is going to have an opportunity to produce. And what also makes us favorable is that Pittsburgh's pass defense has been really good with Minka Fitzpatrick. But where they are, uh, where where they are lax and where where they've struggled all season long is against opposing slot wide receivers. So we know Jarvis Landry is going to come out of the slot like 85, 90% of the time, uh-huh. but they're utilizing Kareem Hunt as a slot wide receiver as well. 
So I like the prospects of both those players in this game. I think they're going to have an opportunity to contribute here, and I think Kareem Hunt is definitely a flex option. Especially if they get down in this game, then they're definitely going to start throwing to Kareem Hunt even more. And last week they weren't down in that game, like they beat Buffalo, but they still utilized him a ton when they needed him the most, and that's just exactly what it seems like you said is maybe it's Freddie Kitchens, maybe it's his coaching staff, but they've got a new toy on their offense, and it's one that knows how to catch because if there's one thing that we realize that the first 10 weeks of the season – Nick Chubb is not going out for pass catches. He's just literally going to run the ball. He is a 1990-style football player that plays running back. Yes. So the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens, as you already mm. mentioned, it's a uh, can't a, wait a noon game for whatever reason. Can't believe that. Uh, for some reason, you really like Will Fuller in this game. Please I do. Explain. I will. Um, I think Will Fuller and his connection with Deshaun Watson earlier in this year, I know he's not going to go off for 55 points again. That's an anomaly. I understand that. But I just like Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson in these type of games. Now, I get it. You've said for the last three weeks that Baltimore's defense is in the top five or at least one of the best defenses in the NFL because they are just ridiculously deep in that secondary. With Real, real quick, they went from bottom third in yeah. fantasy fo- fantasy points to sixth in fantasy points over the last three weeks. Well, that's what Marcus Peters can do for you. Uh, you got that jersey yet on order yet? No, I need to. Number 26 in the black. Um, no, I like Will Fuller because I just really think that as much as Marcus Peters doesn't shadow receivers, like we know that, he sits on the left side. He sits on the left. I guess it'd be the quarterback's right side, but it'd be the left side of the defense. I don't know what they're going to do with DeAndre Hopkins, but apparently the entire year, They have just tried to take DeAndre Hopkins out of that offense as much as they possibly can, and when teams do that, when Will Fuller plays, Will Fuller is able to get out and move around, and it's like we said a couple weeks ago. It was apparent the Chiefs, when they played the Minnesota Vikings, were just not going to let Stephon Diggs beat them. They didn't care whoever else beat them, Kyle Rudolph, your boy, whoever else it was. It didn't matter who beat them, and I think that that's where this game kind of trends because there's just two prolific quarterbacks that can just beat anybody in this league with their just raw talent. But if there's somebody that can somehow get effective numbers inside that defense and outside the walls of that not really. I guess they play a lot of zone coverage there because they just have Earl Thomas over the top and Peters on the right side, Brandon Flowers as well. I just really like Will Fuller this week. I think that he has a lot of target options. I think he's the guy that they don't care if he beats them because I don't think Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller can beat you, but I think Deshaun Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins can clearly beat you. And you're just not going to run against this Ravens defense as well as people think you might. And I think you're going to well, throw the ball a lot in this game. I think this is one of these games where we watch it on Sunday for some reason at noon, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with. You better get home quick after your show on Sunday. But I'm saying it's one of those games where, like, I think we're just going to see each guy that plays quarterback play off each other. And when that type of stuff happens, big numbers get evaluated on both sides of the ball for both teams. And that's where I'm at. As much as I love this Ravens defense, especially with the heel turn jerseys, with the black jerseys, like, give me that all day. But, I mean, I just really like Will Fuller in this game because he's coming back off. I don't hate Will Fuller. Right. I don't hate him. Uh, He is coming back from the injury. Obviously, he adds a dimension to this offense that they've been missing. Kenny Stills, who we were kind of hoping from a fantasy perspective, he was going to step into that Will Fuller role, and he has been a massive disappointment. And that's another reason. Um, And they're coming off a bye. But I don't think that means anything when Bill O'Brien's your head coach. (laughs) That might be true. But – I, I think there's opportunity here because that, that yes, that Ravens secondary and their defense overall, 
is drastically improved. They've been fantastic since adding Marcus Peters, but they've got Jimmy Smith back too, and Jimmy Smith back when healthy is a shutdown corner. Uh, the thing, though, with Peters is that Peters can get burned because, you know, we, we love Marcus Peters. He likes to jump routes, He's and sometimes gambler. that can get him. And Deshaun Watson's a talented enough QB that he can make him bite on some of those routes and get Will Fuller over the top. So I think there's going to be opportunity for Will Fuller to catch a deep, deep touchdown potentially in this game. But I don't see anything getting going in the running game. Ravens defense against running backs outside of that game against Nick Chubb, which is the the outlier. Everybody gets one, right? Everybody gets one game where you're just like, what the hell happened there? Right. That's that game for the Ravens where the Browns just ran all over them. Nick Chubb had a monster game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Ravens run defense has been rock solid all season long. Been absolutely fantastic at shutting down opposing fantasy running backs. So I don't like the running game. I I don't think that the Texans, I don't think that their coaching staff is qualified to handle the offense that Harbaugh is running right now in the way that Lamar Jackson is playing. I actually think the Ravens are going to wind up blowing the Texans out in this game. I I think this is going to be, it's still a game that I'm going to be locked into, of course, because Deshaun is incredible. And I think Deshaun's going to have some of those plays and some of those moments where you're like, yes, he's an incredible player. But I think that it's going to be very, very difficult for them to pass. I think that it's going to be very difficult for them to run. And I don't think that their defense is talented enough. Although the Texas run defense has been pretty good this season. Again, With JJ. you can't – You yeah, it's been pretty good. But you can't uh, – you can't make you, – you can't fake what Lamar Jackson does in practice. Right. And think that that's going to translate to a game. Like, we've seen that before. And I said that before the Patriots game. That I was like, I, I could see a situation where the Patriots have problems with this because you can't mimic what Lamar Jackson can do. Grant, if the Patriots played the Ravens again tomorrow, I think the Patriots would win because Bill Belichick, after seeing it up close and having the film to go dissect it against yeah. his specific team, would show up with something for it. Yeah, and he's also like photographically but, weird too. But, but that being said. We saw what they did to the Patriots when when Bill didn't have that on him. Now that Bill's got it on him, I think Bill would slow him down. Yeah. But I think that their offense right now is fantastic. Hollywood Brown's finally healthy. Hollywood Brown looked good last week. Yeah. Texans Texans defense is terrible. Their secondary's awful. They just picked up Vernon Hargraves. They traded for Gary and Conley because their cornerbacks are awful. That's not going to help because both those players are bad. I think Hollywood Brown's going to have an opportunity to get a touchdown in this game. I think Mark Andrews is going to have an opportunity in this game. Like I just think that the Ravens are much more favorable than the Texans, in my opinion. But there's still obviously a ton of fantasy upside in this game. Like You're still playing DeAndre Hopkins because you don't have anybody better. I think you can play Will Fuller with the upside. You're still playing Darren Fells because Darren Fells has the touchdown upside always. And for Baltimore, I'm still I'm playing Lamar Jackson, obviously. I'm playing Hollywood Brown. I'm playing Mark Ingram, and I'm playing Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it through the year, DeAndre Hopkins, 665 yards receiving, Will Fuller, 450. Yeah, he had that one game against Atlanta where he had 200 receiving. And he also missed a game. Yeah, but he, but but, okay, give me the totals of the rest of the games then, because that one game is half of his yardage. I know, I'm just just saying when it comes to a volume standpoint. That one game is an outlier. Sure, but I'm just saying as a volume standpoint, number two, Will Fuller. And like you said, if you think this game's going to be a blowout, Deshaun's going to be throwing the ball, and he's not going to just throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, I'm like you, I think this game, 
I don't think it's a blowout. I'm on the other side of it. I think it's just going to be a shootout. I can't say who's going to win, but I'm, I mean, I'm sports horny for it. That's for sure. I mean, Lamar versus Deshaun, noon, Sunday. Kansas City doesn't play till Monday night. I mean, yeah, that starts the day off, and then about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, oh, my God, that game coming down with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Whew. The afternoon slate this week <laughs> absolutely sucks ass. Sucks, man. It is absolutely terrible. terrible. And the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, hopefully we get something from that game. Um, you know, Jimmy G, you, you could say that game against Seattle, Jimmy G was a disappointment, and he was, you know, a streaming quarterback for a lot of people and this he, week. Yeah, he was out without his number one target. And, yeah, number and one and was, two. He And... I'm streaming him again this week because I've got Carson Wentz in multiple leagues and he's playing the Patriots. I don't want anything to do with that. Also, Alshon Jeffrey's just not practicing, so they might not have yeah. Alshon Jeffrey. They don't have Deshaun Jackson going against the best defense in the NFL. I'm not going anywhere near the Philadelphia Eagles this week. But the San Francisco 49ers, like, it is concerning. Uh, they already said today that Matt Breida aggravated an ankle injury. They're expecting him to miss a couple of weeks. So he's all but ruled out in this game already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hopefully that means good things for Tevin Coleman, who's had back-to-back slow games uh, after having that monster game. So you you want him? Hopefully Tevin Coleman will get going. I think there's still going to be an opportunity for Jimmy G here, as we saw against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I, I think it's masterful how the 49ers have brought Jimmy G along slow this season. You know, he was in the preseason. Everybody was oh. He threw, he threw like six interceptions in practice the other day. He's been awful. He played the Chiefs in the preseason. He had an awful interception, just horrendously bad interception. But, like, he was still coming back from the significant ACL injury, and they're so good on defense. They're so good at running the football that they were like, we don't need Jimmy G to win games for us right now. We can make it through half the season bringing him back in slow and getting him comfortable and confident, and now he is again. Like, you can say whatever you want about that game against Seattle. I was super impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he didn't give me the fantasy points that I wanted, but yeah. I, I didn't need him either, thankfully. I was already winning. But Emmanuel Sanders went down. He didn't have George Kittle Early. in that game. Yeah. And then so he's got a bunch of wide receivers that are all rookies or second-year players. Nobody to hang on to the damn football. So those two interceptions weren't his fault. Yeah. They were literally both through the wide receiver's hands and just intercepted. Like, it was not his fault. He put the ball on the money. So I, I And he had some throws in that game that I thought were really, really impressive. Like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that not only is he just a streamer, I think he's a guy that needs to be rostered because he can be a guy that you start on a weekly basis. And not only that, if you, if you, if you want to continue to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, you look at that offense, like, yeah, they're going to run the ball. But, like, they're still going to throw the ball 20 to 23 times a game with Jimmy Garoppolo. And not only that, but, like, he also is going up against what we might have seen Jadavon Clowney's, like, greatest game he's ever played. Like, he had, I think he had, like, 10 quarterback hits in that game. Like Jadavion. Jadavion Clowney. Sorry, sometimes it comes off the lips a little bit different. <laughs> Jadavion Clowney had arguably one of the best games I've ever seen that individual Uh athlete play, let alone a D-end ever play in the entire NFL, just how crazy mad he was in that backfield. I don't know about all that. It was a good game, but... He had a touchdown. Was, he had was, a forced fumble. He had a strip of, that sack. That was one he of the best ten, games you've ever seen by a DN in NFL history. That I've literally, yeah, 10, 10 quarterback hits. It was a hits. great game. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him. I have him as an individual defensive player in one of my dynasty leagues. He was great. Yeah, he's not an outside linebacker. I have him linebacker. and Chris Jones. They've been, they've been awesome. Chris Jones has never had a game like that. 
Chris Jones has had a game like that. Ten quarterback hits? Chris Jones had a touchdown earlier this season. Yeah, but he didn't have a forced fumble, strip sack, ten quarterback hits, and two sacks in the in the yes. same game. Chris Jones has had wildly impactful games. Such impactful as that games, one. but not that game. Yes, he has done things similar to that. Again, you're using an al- you're using verbiage of like similar kind of yeah. not well, that you game. You just called Jadavian Clowney's performance against the Seattle Seahawks one of the greatest defensive end performances you've ever seen. It was. It was a great game. And Chris I'm, Jones, I'm when he had those that. games, was playing defensive tackle, not defensive end. Yeah. I'm not denying that. Yeah. It was a fine it was a it was a wonderful game from Which Javian is partially Clark. why Jimmy Garoppolo had a bad game last performance week. Performances I've ever seen from a defensive end, I don't know about that. I just don't have a lot of defensive end games that are like, wow, that game was really good. Like JJ Watt had a, has, has had some. Clowney's had one now that I've seen. Like it just he's insane. But, Freak athlete. Like his hair too. We really hope George Kittle goes in this game, obviously. I don't. Um Arizona Cardinals, still one of the worst teams in the NFL against opposing tight ends, so really, really need Big George to get into that football game. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan uh, was asked about it today, and he was kind of optimistic about yeah. it. So so hopefully uh, hopefully much, he'll return yeah. to practice late in the week, and we'll, we'll get some type of update there. Uh, as far as the Arizona Cardinals go, uh, you're not starting David Johnson. David Johnson – Washed. Looks like he has nothing right now. Well, I, I think he's just hurt. Like he just he he missed a couple of games because he was had like three or four different injuries that he was trying to battle through. And last week when he did play, he just looked like he was moving in slow motion. Like he looks like yeah. he is so injured that he cannot play football right now, and he probably shouldn't be playing football because he looked like he was moving in slow motion. I would expect. Kenyon Drake to be a lot more involved because Kenyon Drake two weeks ago he had that big game against the 49ers. 49ers run defense actually isn't that good. I think McCaffrey um, broke them a few weeks back. Yeah, like that their 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 pass defense has been absolutely spectacular. Their run yeah. defense has really struggled. So I think Kenyon Drake is a viable starter in this game. Uh I don't really want any part of the Arizona passing game. You know, Christian Kirk had that monster breakout game last week. He was one of my favorite uh picks last week. Yeah. I, I played him in a bunch of daily lineups and won some cash. Uh, Christian Kirk was absolutely fantastic, and there's optimism that that type of game can be coming moving forward, but not against that San Francisco 49ers passing. And you got to play Kyler games. Murray. I mean, the guy just got a high five in Phoenix from LeBron James, so he's got some good juju coming his way. I, yeah, but not this week. Oh yeah, he's gonna... not 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 for me. Not this week. When LeBron gives you the dap, man, you got to go out there and do it. And I guarantee you, Kyler Murray does it. Stamp the Dustman stamp of approval that Kyler <laughs> okay. take that Hughley that that Kyler Murray has a great game this week. Just saying, so short is, week for San Fran. So is the Bucks Saints your favorite game of the week? Again? No, it's not. But it, it, can you please let the people know that I was right for a third week in a row that the Bucks had a great game again? Eh. Yeah. And by the way, no, I thought I mean, you were they're, wearing they're, shorts. They're, I didn't know you're paying for the same color as your skin. My God, they're in uh, they're in entertaining games. Like they they're already, always in entertaining. They already games. played once this season. Uh, the Bucks lost thirty one twenty four to the Saints. That was at New and Orleans. And you know the this Saints one, are pissed. This one's in in <laughs> Tampa Bay, and I don't know what the hell that was. That just <laughs> that's their fiber pool knockout. And, man. It's like that. It's like that <laughs> that that Ravens game against the Browns. Like, yeah, you get one. And that was the Saints one, I guess. Uh, just what what makes it even more baffling is that it was coming off of a bye week. Yeah, and you know what's even more interesting about this game is that I don't like Alvin Kamara. The Bucks oh, you run. You shouldn't. The, the Bucks, Bucks run, run defense. defense is spectacular. So I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are handcuffing Kamara and Latavius Murray, 
but I don't like any running back against Tampa Bay. Like the two worst games that McCaffrey's had were against Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay held Christian McCaffrey, who's getting 25 touches a game. Now, I know this is also catching, but they held him to 7.8 points in week two. And then they also held him to a very low total the second time they played him. Their run defense is actually outstanding. Of course, Michael Thomas is a stud. Um, but I don't know other than Michael Thomas and what, Drew Brees? Are you playing anybody else for the Saints against the Bucs? Uh yes. Maybe because, Jared Cook? Well, well, because yes, while their their run defense is stellar and it has been all all year, Alvin Kamara had sixteen carries for sixty two yards against him earlier this year. Latavius Murray had seven carries for twenty eight. Um and those are probably two of the better games yeah. that uh running backs have put up against them because their run their running defense has been absolutely. Gerald McCoy's a beast, man. Um they don't have Gerald McCoy anymore. Oh yeah, he, he got, plays for the Panthers. That's right. Uh <laughs> But their defensive line is very, very good. Uh, but I do like some of the other pass catchers in this game strictly because while Tampa Bay's run defense is one of the three best run defenses in the NFL, their pass defense is one of the three worst pass defenses it's in the atrocious. NFL. They just cut Vernon Hargraves because he's a former first-round pick. He's been absolutely terrible so far early in his NFL career. Um, I think that... Ted Ginn was a guy that I that I liked last week against Atlanta. Well, obviously that didn't really work out. They the the Saints for the first time in the Sean Payton era didn't score an offensive touchdown in an entire game against one of the worst defenses in the league. It just makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, and that Atlanta doesn't sack anybody, and they just sacked Drew Brees like six times in that game. It, it was just mind blowing to watch. It made absolutely zero sense. But I think they'll bounce back this week. I think. Uh, I'm not happy about starting a Ted Ginn or like a Traquan Smith, but I think that they are dart throws. I think they're viable dart throws, and they've got potential to to get like a catch like a deep touchdown or something like that. Obviously, Michael Thomas, number one wide receiver in your lineup every week, without question. And Kamara, even with the you know with their run defense, like you still because of his receiving ability, he's still going to have an opportunity. I think in the passing game that you're you're still going to play Alvin Kamara. I uh, most leagues for for the Bucks. I mean, you can't bench Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, but the Saints' pass defense is still very, very good. Uh, even even against the Falcons last week, like their their pass defense still played a pretty good game. Um, you know, the biggest stat line was Julio Jones had three catches for seventy nine yards. And so uh, outside of that, like Matt Matt Ryan, even in a game where they won twenty six to nine, Matt Ryan had one of his worst statistical games of the season as a starter. Like that was only the second time all year Matt Ryan hasn't thrown for over 300 yards in a football game. So the Saints defense is still very very good. Uh Ronald Jones getting a lot of hype. Uh he's the starter. Bruce Arian said that he that not only does he want to get him more work after last week, now Bruce Arians has said this week he wants to get him involved in the passing game moving forward. Uh I'm not going to buy into that very much. I haven't seen anything that makes me believe he can be a viable option in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, but he Ronald Jones needs to be rostered in all leagues. I'm not playing him this week because the Saints' run defense is one of the three best units as well against opposing rushers. So I, I'm not playing him this week. But he is a guy that absolutely needs to be owned in in all leagues without a doubt. Um, what do you think of Peyton Barber? He's getting a little love, but I don't know if yeah. he's rosterable. No, he's yeah. not, he's I don't not either. rosterable. Um, so. Yes, Ronald Jones, he's the guy. Peyton Barber, if you still have Peyton Barber, I would just go ahead and go drop him, to be completely honest. Local Chiefs Breakdown.
Monday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. I do like this game a lot. Yeah? I do. About it? I don't know. I like the fact that we get to see Pat Mahomes in high altitude because if you remember earlier, earlier, earlier in the preseason, uh, Richard Sherman said he was going to record Patrick Mahomes trying to throw the ball 100 yards from goal line to goal line. So that's one thing I'm excited about. But this is a game that has a ton of fantasy perspective, and it's a Monday night game. So, like, there's a lot of guys that are going to be hanging Chiefs players like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. I don't know if the Chiefs defense is a viable play, but you have Harrison Butker in thin air. And then if you look at the other side of the ball, you have people that are probably that have Aaron Rodgers on a bye this week, might have Russell Wilson on a bye, and are streaming Phillip Rivers. You also have Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. There's just so much fantasy volume in this game that that's why I like it, and that's why, Steven Serta, it is my game of the week. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of fantasy ups. Tons of fantasy volume. Tons. So, the Chargers' pass defense is still pretty good. That is true. It's not It's not as good as it has been the last couple of years. They've given up some big games to opposing wide receivers, but they've still been, for the most part, pretty consistent on the season. Uh, but that being said, Tyreek Hill has torched this team throughout his Every year. career. Uh, he's had some absolutely monster games against them. So, I, I, I still love Tyreek Hill, and you can't bench Tyreek Hill. He is... Ever. Incredible. He is playing some of the best football from a wide receiver you're ever going to see since he's come back from injury. And he, as I mentioned before the season, like he was the guy that I was targeting in most fantasy leagues as my number one wide receiver because prior to him getting injured, if we got this over the full course of a season, like I think he would be without a doubt the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. And we'd be talking about like 1,700 yards, 1,800 yards, and like 15 touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. And the chemistry between he and Pat is just disgusting as well. Yeah, and, and he you know, he was productive with Matt Moore in the lineup. Like, right. he's just that good right now. So you're not benching Tyreek Hill. Um, I think that Travis, I think he, he struggled against the Chargers, and they've been pretty good against opposing tight ends. But, you know, it's Travis. You're going to play him. Um, as far as Sammy or McColl go, mm. Demarcus Robinson needs to be dropped if you're still owning him. Yeah, he's done. To be completely honest. Uh, Sammy is intriguing to me because Sammy's at least getting involved in the offense. He hasn't done anything flashy, but Sammy's just kind of become their, like, fairly reliable, like, possession wide receiver. Like If he catches it. Yeah, and he did have the bad drop last week where he he looked like he just mistimed the ball. I thought he had, like, two drops. Yeah, he had had another one later on in the game. Like, he had a couple, but... It does kind of seem like he's become like their possession guy. Yeah. Like, you know, Travis should be that guy, but they're not afraid to go to Sammy on third down. Uh, I, I like to think that Sammy's athletic enough and talented enough that eventually he's going to find the end zone. Right. Uh, so, so I think that Sammy's an interesting guy that I would consider playing this week. Uh, as far as the Chargers go, I, I mean, you have to start Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Uh, I hope that the Chiefs, after last week, realized that. Colin Saunders and uh, Mike Pinnell and Reggie Raglan, who were active, super active on the defense when Patrick Mahomes was down and looked like they were helping be responsible for that turnaround for the run defense. Uh-huh. They all saw minimized roles last week for whatever reason, and Derrick Henry just absolutely obliterated the run defense. So if those guys see minimized roles again, I would expect that Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are both going to have good games here. So I think you have to start both of them. And Keenan Allen always shreds the Chiefs, it seems. 
even when they had Marcus Peters and if he got hurt one year. But Keenan Allen always has big games against the Chiefs, even though, even though, maybe we talked about it earlier, maybe the Chiefs do the same strategy where they're just like, you know what, anybody but Keenan Allen this week. Do what we did against Stephon Diggs. Anybody but number uh, but number thirteen. And Keenan's been absolutely brutal. Yeah. So I mean, you're still starting him, I believe. But Chiefs' pass defense still hasn't been garbage. Pretty good. Like they've still been all right. Like Ryan Tannehill didn't have a monster game or anything like that. It no, was he just, just ran against them. Yeah. It, it was just it was just the the running game and then the turnovers, the the big the big plays and then the late touchdown. Like it, the the Chiefs did it a lot more. For the Titans to win that game than the Titans yeah, did, Yeah, the Chiefs in my beat opinion. themselves last week in that game. Like, they fumbled the ball, turned into a, a touchdown, and, yeah, just, yeah, I, Tannehill just, they didn't really throw the ball against the Chiefs that well. They just ran the ball against the Chiefs. What are you doing with the Chiefs' backfield? Are you doing any, are you rostering well, anybody? Well, Damian Williams, You I just, guess. but you don't start I mean, him, da- right? Damian Williams had 19 carries last week. Right. I, I, well, I, it's, yeah, I mean, you start him. In my opinion, I, if that's what he's going to get every week moving forward, you just have to. Like, you just have to. You're you're not going to get that much guaranteed volume anywhere else. I don't I don't buy for a second the crap that they're spewing about Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, no. I think that they're tired of it. I think he's just washed, and Andy Reid's being nice. Yeah, I, I think they're just tired of him. So I don't buy for a second what yeah. they're telling us about Lashawn McCoy. So I wouldn't be while he may be active this week, like. The whole Darwin Thompson thing. Darwin Thompson's not going to get any run. No, that's. I would like to see, as I've mentioned multiple times, I'd like to see Daryl Williams get some more work. Yeah, Daryl Williams is a hard runner. He's hard to tackle. I like Daryl Williams' game. Yeah, but they don't seem interested in doing that. So I, I mean, Damian Williams, I think, is a guy that you got to start moving forward. And you think Hardman's just like a dart throw? Yes, without a doubt. I'm just worried about Uh, their. I'm just worried what their DNs do and what that does to the Chiefs' like pass. Well, but like Hardman. Like last week, yes, he had the touchdown, and we saw that a couple of weeks ago. But it's just he's a dart throw, but you can take a chance on him because of who the quarterback is, and because yeah. of who the offensive coordinator or the the play caller is, because he's going to dial things up. Like, and obviously, he's he's got the goods when it comes to the Jets. Like, he can take off and he can right. burn anybody. Like that was that was an incredibly impressive touchdown. Yeah, but it's just he's not getting snaps. No. He's not, he's like when he's going into the game, it's for specific plays. And that to me says maybe he's struggling to pick up the playbook a little bit. Uh, maybe he's struggling with some of the other concepts and stuff like that. So they're just utilizing him for the things that they know he can do. So in that offense, yes, he's always going to have an opportunity, but in no way am I confident starting him weekly. But he should probably be rostered just because of the big play potential. Yeah, anything else? I don't know, man. I'm just really juiced up for Deshaun versus Lamar and Chiefs Chargers in Mexico City. That's what I got. Yeah. What about what are your games? Do you like those games too? Sure. Sure. Copycat. I I mean that's fine. I feel like you're just way too much excited about tomorrow to about Thursday night's game. I'm not really that excited about it. The Browns aren't fun to watch. Baker's been decent since the bye. No game I really like. Oh god. The Vikings and the Broncos. I was really hoping you were going to say New Orleans All and Tampa. All kinds of fantasy. Yeah, we didn't talk about Adam Thielen. He might not play. Damn it. Yeah. All kinds of fantasy action in that game. Philip Lindsay against that run defense is going to be terrible. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. Please download the radio.com app. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our content on the 435 Podcast Network. I'm Steven Serta. He's Dusty Likens. See ya.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.